So this morning I'm reading from Jonah chapter 1. The words will appear on the screen, but you may find it useful to have a Bible or an app open in front of you to take notes or scribble comments down as as we uh, study this this morning. So Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord, because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Done. You ask too much of me, so wrapped in fear I run. Why do you ask this of me? Are you sure I'm the only one? Because I will escape to Tarshish. In disobedience, I run. Chase me to the ocean, cast out the light of the sun. I can only think of myself so like the guilty 
I run. I run from you in the opposite direction, filled with fear to Tarshish. Why do you stay so near? Can I not escape you? Can I not escape your call? How far can I go down? How far can I fall? I run below deck. I escape into sleep, but you awake me before I get too deep. I pay the fare. I run from you. I board the ship. I run from you. You send a great wind, a violent storm, and still I run from you. They cast lots, they throw me overboard, and still from you I run. I went down to Joppa, I went down below deck, I went down to the depths of the sea, because I would rather die than do what you ask of me. I run from you, I run, I run from you. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you today. First of all, I just want to start by saying thank you for our tech team and everyone who does what they do every week. It's not an easy job to get things right in the building, so I just want to honour you for all your hard work and for making Steve's reading really more dramatic with that kind of echo this morning as well. It was great. But we're starting a new sermon series together today, looking at the book of Jonah. Uh, and let's start off with a word of prayer. Let's come before the Lord and pray together. Father God, I want to thank you and praise you for your words once again. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the way that as we open scripture, it reads us. That, Lord God, as we open scripture, it's not always comfortable. It's not always easy for us to read. But Lord, the goal is that you draw us closer to yourself. And my prayer this morning for each and every one of us as we are in the building and as we are watching online today, Lord God, I pray that that will be the goal that you will draw us closer to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There was once a, a little boy, probably about five years old, and one day this little boy decided that he was going to run away from home. He'd had enough living in his house, so he decided he was going to leave. So he packs up a backpack, he puts a few belongings that he has from his room in this backpack, and then when his parents aren't looking, he decides that he is going to go out the door and down the road. And that's exactly what he does with his backpack on his back. He decides he is off. He walks to the end of the road and then turns around and walks back again. He does this several times that particular afternoon until a concerned neighbour looks out of her window and she sees this little boy walking up and down and up and down. And she comes outside and she says, what are you doing? The boy replies confidently, I am running away from home. Then why do you keep going to the end of the road and turning around? I've got a problem, says the little boy. What's that? asks the neighbour. Well, I get to the end of the road and I realise that I am not allowed to cross the road on my own. So I end up going back in the other direction. I wonder if you've ever been there yourself at times where you have just wanted to run away. I mean, be honest for a moment. Has life ever got so busy, so manic, so on top of you that you just think, I can't do this anymore? Maybe it's when your kids are at home and they're playing up and they're moaning and they're groaning and they just won't seem to let up. And you get to a point where you say, no more. I've got to get out of this house. I can't do this anymore. Maybe work gets so hard and the bills keep on piling up and you're like, I can't take this pressure any 
many more. Maybe this pandemic has left you feeling, I'm not even sure if I want to be part of a church any longer. I can't take this anymore. I guess if we're all being honest today, at times we have all felt like that in some way, shape or form. We want to be released from the burdens that we face. I know I've been there several times in my ministry, several times probably in the last couple of months with everything going on where I thought, I just can't do this. The burden of trying to help people draw closer to Jesus and at the same time make sure people are genuinely or generally okay in their lives seems just too much. God, have you got the right person in the right place at the right time? Because God, it doesn't feel like it at times. We've all had those moments, I guess, in life where we just simply want to run. We want to escape. It's something which happens to the very best of us. And when we look at scripture, what we see is that the Bible is full of runners. Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God, what did they do? They ran and they hid. Moses, when he uh, did what he did, when he had killed that Egyptian, what does he do? He runs and he hides. He flees from Pharaoh. We see in the story of David, don't we? After killing Goliath, what does he do? He runs from Saul. We see in Elijah, after calling down fire from heaven, he runs and he flees for his life. The disciples, after they saw Jesus was arrested, they ran, they scattered, and they hid. But perhaps the biggest runner in scripture that we come across is this man called Jonah, the prominent one when it comes to running in the other direction. And of all the supernatural occurrences which happen in scripture, perhaps what happens in the book of Jonah is the one which gets ridiculed the most. To liberal scholars and to liberal skeptics and thinkers, the account of Jonah is only fit for children's stories and it's not fit for serious thinkers. I heard a story once about a little girl who was in her class one day and they were studying the ocean and the teacher turns around to the class and says, I don't really want you to be afraid of anything in the ocean because there's nothing in the ocean which can swallow you whole. To which the little girl puts her hand up and says, well, I was in Sunday school this Sunday and we learned about a man named Jonah who was swallowed by a big fish. Well, that's ridiculous, said the teacher. That could never possibly happen. Well, said the little girl, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah myself, was it really true? And the teacher turns around and she responds to this little girl and says, well, what if Jonah didn't get to heaven? Then you can ask him, said the little girl. (laughs) The account of Jonah, it's really easy for us to miss what is going on. And it's really easy for us to miss the point of the text. You see, there are only three verses in the entire book of Jonah which deal with a big fish. But there are 45 verses which deal with this man Jonah and his personality and the traits and the things which are going on in his life. The story of Jonah is a story of a man who is just like us, someone who struggles, someone who has a calling, someone who is disobedient, someone who has problems, someone who prays. It's an account of second chances. It's an account of returning to God. And as individuals, 
as the church, as churches, as a nation. I believe this is a story that we need to hear right now. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online and God is pursuing you, but you're running. Maybe God has gently been revealing himself to you, but you have been resisting. I believe that God wants to say to you and to me once again today, turn to me. Maybe God has been saying to you, I've got plans for your life, but you have been resisting them. You know, sometimes the thing which God calls us to seems beyond our capabilities. And we would rather stay within our comfort zone and live a steady life as a result. But God wants to say to us today, if you would only trust me, if you would only obey my voice and follow me, I will never let you down. I will bring about the miraculous in your life. I will use you in ways that you could possibly never imagine. But sometimes that will be uncomfortable. And it's in those moments you need to learn to trust me even more, even when you don't fully understand what is going on. It's because then, and only then, God gets the glory for the things which no one of, not one of us can take credit for in our life. The account of Jonah is a well-known story. You don't have to have been around church for very long to probably get a gist of what is going on. God speaks to Jonah And he says to him, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh because the people of this city need to realise they need to change their ways. They need to turn and repent and go in a different direction. But Jonah does not want to go to Nineveh. He ends up fleeing and getting on a boat, sailing to a place called Tarshish. And then a storm crops up. Jonah realises in that moment that that storm is actually God pursuing him. And he says to the sailors of the boat, look, chuck me overboard, get rid of me, I'll go down to the depths and you will be okay. And that is exactly what happens. But let me give you a little bit of a background to the story of Jonah this morning. Some rabbinic tradition suggests that Jonah is actually the widow's son, which Elijah brought back to life in 1 Kings chapter 17. But there's no real concrete evidence for that. What we do know about Jonah is that he is a prophet. His name means dove. A dove in scripture signifies a messenger. And we're told that he is the son of Amittai. Amittai means truth. So right from the outset, just by looking at the name of Jonah, we realise that he is called to be a messenger of God's truth. The amazing thing is, the God of heaven and earth, the God who created everything, the one who needs absolutely nothing, chooses to use Jonah. A man who, in all honesty, we don't actually know too much about. But he chooses him to give a message to what is effectively the superpower of the day. Let's be clear, God did not need Jonah. If he wanted to get a message to Nineveh, he could have done that in a whole number of different ways. Yet, what we see from the outset is God chooses to use Jonah. He chooses to invite him to be part of his story and go and speak on behalf of the God Most High. And the first thing, as we open up this book together today and look at it together over the next four weeks, that I want you to see is that God still speaks and he is still 
today, inviting us to be part of his work. This awesome God speaks to Jonah. We're not sure how he chose to speak to Jonah. Perhaps Jonah heard God in an audible voice. Perhaps it was through a dream that God revealed his plans for Jonah to Jonah. We don't know. But the point is, we do know that God spoke. And the same God that spoke to Jonah is the same God who speaks to you and speaks to me today. The same God who called out to Jonah and called him on a mission is inviting you and me to be part of his story today. God speaks to us today through a number of different ways. Sometimes through songs, sometimes through sermons, sometimes through scripture, sometimes through words of knowledge and words of wisdom given by other people to us. However, what I want us to realise today, each and every one of us, is that God is constantly speaking to you and to me. The question is, are you listening? And if you are listening, are you willing to get on board? One of the most frustrating things in my life at times is having a conversation with my kids. I love my kids. I love them to bits. I love spending time with them. But at times when you ask them to do something, it can be extremely infuriating. Probably on a daily basis, we have more or less the same conversation in our house. Kids, go and get your shoes on. Go and get your shoes on now, please. Which part of go and get your shoes on meant go and wind your sister up? Go and get your shoes on. No, I did not ask you to go and build a rocket out of Lego. I asked you to get your shoes on. We're going to be late for school. Anyone else identify with those conversations in their household? My kids suffer from something which I call selective hearing. You can guarantee if I walk into a room and I whisper, would you like some chocolate? They're all going to turn around and they're all going to say yes immediately. But if I say something which doesn't immediately grab their attention, it's as though they don't hear it. God is constantly speaking. He always has been speaking from the word go. He formed the entire universe with just his words. And God is speaking to you and he's speaking to me today. He is inviting us to be part of his story. He's inviting us to enter into relationship with him. The question is, are we hearing his voice to us today? And if you are hearing it, what are you doing about it? You know, the greatest adventure that you can ever possibly go on is an adventure where you allow God to take control in your life. It will not always be comfortable. In fact, at times it will be distinctly uncomfortable. But you can guarantee that with God, you will always get to the correct destination. What, I wonder, is God saying to you today? Let me challenge us all this morning. And I mean, I challenge myself with this as well. But perhaps... The word that you are most resisting right now is the word that you most need to hear in your life right now. Perhaps you are praying for a new job, but God is saying, I want you to stay put and I want you to glorify me in the job you already have. Perhaps you are praying for a miraculous release from debt, but God is saying, no, I want you to pay off your debt and work on a plan to get rid of that debt in order that you might be able to live correctly in the future. 
Perhaps you're sitting in this room right now or you're watching online and you're thinking, do you know what? I'm just not getting anything out of church anymore where God is saying, quit thinking about what you might get out of it and start thinking about what you can give. The goal for your life is to be made more like my son. And that brings me to the second thing I want us to see from the book of Jonah today. Whilst God is always speaking, you may not always like what God tells you to do. Verse 2, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. God calls Jonah, but he calls Jonah to take a message of judgment to Nineveh. Nineveh was the most important city in Assyria. After this, it was soon to become capital of the Assyrian Empire. It was located in what is now Mosul in Iraq. It probably had a population of about 600,000 people. And this is the last place that Jonah would have thought God would have sent him. These people were effectively his enemies. Why on earth would God send me to go and preach this message to my enemies? Nineveh was not a nice place. It had a reputation for being nasty and cruel. The Assyrians would never ever keep their prisoners alive. They would cut out their tongues and they would skin them alive. They would build pyramids of human skulls in every city that they conquered. God gave Jonah a message to deliver that he really didn't want to do. He was to go and take this message and preach to a people who he did not like. Why? Because he looked at these people and he thought, these people do not deserve to hear the message that I'm going to take. They don't deserve God's mercy. So he tries to evade the call of God because effectively it doesn't sit comfortably with him. Let's compare the call of Jonah to the call uh, that Jesus gives in Matthew 28, 19, where he tells us to go and make disciples. Who does he tell us to go and make disciples of? All nations. Go and make disciples of every nation. Just like Jonah, we are called to go to a people that maybe at times we don't feel deserve the mercy of God. That person who has really hurt you in the past. God says today, I want you to go and show them my love. That person who has let you down so badly. God says to you today, I want you to go and show them my forgiveness. God calls us to go to the last, the least, the lost, the unlovely and the unlovable and says, I love these people. And you are the ones that I've chosen to go and show that love to them. Sometimes that means being asked to go and do things that we really don't want to do. But this God who we worship and we're singing about today, I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son. He sent his son to this world that you and I might be forgiven, that you and I might be freed, that you and I might be released from our sin. Then what else can we do but give everything back to him? Number three, running from God today means that you're going in the wrong direction. Verse three, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord's. It's quite a sombre verse, isn't it? He's deliberately fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Instead of being thankful that the God of the universe had called him into relationship and mission with him, he decides that he is going to flee 
from God's presence. Jonah makes this conscious decision not to heed the call of God. Nineveh was in the east, Tarshish was in the west. It was probably southern Spain, which was about 2,000 miles in the opposite direction of where God had asked him to go. You see, because God has given us free will, we do have the ability when God calls to say no. And when we do, God will let us go our own way and do our own thing. But here's the thing, going our own way eventually leads to misery. Because when we choose to flee the presence of God and go our own way, we no longer find ourselves at the centre of God's will. And we miss out on the very reason and very purpose that we were created. Let me tell you today, church, as human beings, we will only find true peace when we walk in the centre of God's will. So I want to encourage you today. If you have been running from God, stop running and turn to him again. Maybe you're here and you're not a Christian and your friends have been telling you about God for months and you've been resisting even though something inside you says, I really shouldn't resist this. Maybe you've walked away from God. It's been so easy for us to do over this pandemic time and actually now you don't really know where God is anymore. The message is simple. Quit running. Quit striving in the wrong direction. It is pointless. You can hide from the pastor. You can hide from the church. That's been quite easy over the last couple of years. You can hide from your spouse, but you cannot hide from God. He knows you intimately. He knows everything about you, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. And yet today he still calls you and he still calls me. Number four, if you're running, the enemy will be happy to provide you with some transportation. Verse three, he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. The Bible tells us he went down to Joppa, he found this ship, so he must have then bought a ticket to get on board this ship. This was a calculated decision from Jonah. Every time we fall, whether we realise it or not, it's always a calculated decision decision. Jonah knew where God had called him to go and he decided to go his own way. The Bible tells us that he finds this ship and sometimes in exactly the same way we can often justify our actions can't we by saying well I found an open door. This is obviously the way that God wants me to go. The door is open so I will walk through it. But I want to say it's dangerous at times to justify our actions like that. Sometimes God clearly does open doors and clearly does say this is the way I want you to go. Equally, sometimes God will firmly shut doors and stop us going in certain directions. But if we want to run from God, the enemy will also open doors for you to make that a possibility to get away from God. I can't commit to God right now because I'm just so busy. Business is so busy and when things quieten down, then maybe I'll think about God. But it's clearly this is where he wants me to serve right now and this is what he wants me to do right now because my life is so busy. I'm just so worried about burning out God so I'm not going to commit to anything that you're calling me to do right now, God, because everything is just so manic in my life right now. You know, if we choose to be disobedient to whatever God calls us to do, Satan will provide us with the transportation to make it easier for us to walk away from God. Those open doors in your life 
Make sure they're the doors that God is opening for you to walk in the center of his will. Number five, and I'm almost coming into lands. Running from God leads us down a downward spiral. Verse three again. He's paid his fare and he went down into the boat and he goes to Tarshish to flee from the presence of the Lord. Any path which allows us to go from the presence of the Lord is always a path which leads downwards. For Jonah, fleeing from the presence of the Lord meant he got caught up in this storm, which meant eventually he was thrown overboard, sinking to the depths of the ocean. The bottom line is this. God has a perfect will for our life. We read in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for evil, to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. The will of God may not always be easy. It may lead us at places to to question, God, why have you called me to this? Why have you asked me to do this? But the will of God is perfect. It's the only place where we can live a truly whole life, which gives us a future, a purpose and a hope. This world cannot offer what God can offer. It's as simple as that this morning, church. We can end up seeking fulfillment in our lives in all the wrong places. And when we do, often it's apart from God. And that is the point where it seems to always go wrong. I meet people almost on a weekly basis who seem to be so messed up. And the issues and the situations that that people find themselves in often makes you want to scream. If you only turned to God again, he can bring you out of your brokenness. He can bring you and put you back on the right track and help you deal with these situations and circumstances once and for all. As we close this this morning, I want us to all ask the question on a personal basis today, Am I running from God? As I said earlier, I believe there may well be some people in this room or watching online who God has been calling and you have been resisting it. Maybe through fear of what others will think. Maybe through a lack of understanding. I don't know. But I believe God wants to encourage you, particularly if you're not a Christian today, to turn to him once again. For those who are Christians Let me ask you a question today. Where is your Nineveh today? Where is Nineveh for you? Where is God saying to you, this is where I want you to be. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to serve. This is where I want you to go. But actually you're saying, no, I want to go to Tarshish. I can't be dealing with that. I can't be doing that. I'm going to go in the opposite direction. Has God called you to something and you're yet to answer that call for yourself? My prayer for each and every one of us today, as I invite the bands back up, is that we would be more like Isaiah today than Jonah, who when God said, whom shall I send? Who will go for me? His response was, here I am, Lord, send me. Why don't we all stand?
what we'll see in the coming weeks of this story is an unfolding, a, a wrestling of Jonah's thoughts, his feelings, and his emotions. But what we also see is that even though he was thrown overboard and swallowed by a big fish, it wasn't the end. And actually, God eventually brings him back on track to do what he was always called to do. And the great news today is that if you are a runner, in whatever way, shape or form that might be, whether you're resisting something God's asking you to do, whether you're saying, do you know what, I just can't do this anymore, I'm bailing out, there's always a way back. And God calls you once again back into the middle of his grace, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness, to know the fullness of life that only Jesus can offer. I want to pray this morning. We're going to worship God in song. I'd love to pray for some people specifically this morning. Maybe today you know that you have been resisting a call of God in your life. Maybe you have been resisting something God has been asking you to do for weeks and actually now you know is the time you've got to act on whatever it is that God is saying to you. If that's you this morning, as the bands play, I'd love for you to come forward and find a space at the front and someone will just come and pray with you today. We are family here. You don't have to go into the whole situation and the whole stories of everything going on, but we would love to pray specifically for you today, that God will give you the strength and the ability to walk in his will once again. So as the band start to play, let's pray together right now. Father God, I want to thank you for the story of Jonah. Lord, I want to thank you for the honesty that we see in these Bible characters. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you show us the flaws of these people in Scripture because what we see as we look at characters like Jonah is we see something of ourselves. People who get it wrong, people who mess up, people who often flee from your presence. But Holy Spirit, I pray today that we will know your presence in our midst. The Holy Spirit, I pray today that, that you will just renew people's confidence in you, that you will renew people's assurance that they are walking in your presence. And Lord, for all of us, in whatever way, shape or form, we might have been running from what you've called us to do. May today be a day where we stop running. We turn around and we live for you once more. Have your way, King Jesus, in this place, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.